Hi, I'm Rick. I'm Dan. I'm George. I'm Jake. And, and we are Queer Magnolias, the podcast. In each episode, we're going to talk about everything from growing up queer in the South to the issues affecting our community today. With a little bit of fabulous sprinkled in along the way. Join us for an all-you-can-eat buffet of queer joy. Mixed in with the occasional bitch fest. But always served with, with the, the spiciest, spiciest tea. Hey, everyone. Welcome hey. back. Hi, everybody. It's so hey, lovely y'all. to see you, Magnolias, again. All of you blossoms. Oh, George, your blouse is so lovely. Well, it's summertime over here in Los Angeles, girl. <laughs> I... All the tatas are out. <laughs> TT and Tata. Hide your kids, hide your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of hide your kids, hide your wife. Today, I think it's a perfect way to segue into our uh, into our topic today, which is queer representation in pop culture. So we all remember how your kids, how your wife. That was definitely queer representation. Well, I, I was kind of wondering how you were going to make that. How you were going to connect that? I was like, okay. So yeah, thanks, George, for that. Yeah, that was a good one. Hide your husbands too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, yeah. Let's get started. Sean, just kick things off. Let's do it. Does anyone have anyone specifically that they have in mind that they want to speak about tonight? Oh, you know I do. Okay. Well, she always has something. Girl, she rats tea. Uh, you know which horse is always out of the stall first. Go ahead, Rick. <laughs> you know, I want to talk about the fascinating life and the enduring legacy of one of Hollywood's most beloved stars. And I am talking about none other than Rock, Rock Hudson. Hudson. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, honey. Uh, I just watched that documentary uh, this past weekend on, it's not HBO Max anymore. What's that shit called? Max. Now? Max? Yes. Just Max. <laughs> right. So I watched the doc- the Rock Hudson documentary. Uh, what's it called? It's called uh, All That Heaven Allowed, uh, which is a play on, you know, obviously, his movie, All That Heaven Allows. Which is one of my favorite movies ever, ever, ever. Giant well, actually is probably one of mine. Yeah. George and I saw All That Heaven Allows at a Douglas Cirque Festival. Yep. Like uh-huh. Egyptian, 15 right? or 20 years ago. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh my God. That movie is just oh so gorgeous. So do you do you remember Rock Hudson's real name? Roy. Roy Harold Scherer Jr. <laughs> Which later became Roy Fitzgerald, who then later became Rock Hudson because his his although they never said it in the documentary and the documentary does get into quite a few details about Rock Hudson and his personal life. It never actually says if he actually had a relationship with the guy who would eventually take over managing him. But it was uh, it was actually his manager who gave him the name Rock Hudson. Played by Jim Parsons in the Ryan Murphy version of Hollywood. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yes. So, and he was a lech in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think the manager's name was Roy Cohn, I believe. And mm. I could be wrong about that, but I, I thought will he say invented that McDonald's. That, that's Roy Cohn, I think. I but it, anyway. I thought Roy Cohn was a mobster. I don't know. Well, so, <laughs> so when I thought he made chicken. <laughs> that's the colonel oh that's Roy Rogers <laughs> <laughs> see so when um when his manager got hold of Rock he uh Rock was 
he was i mean he wasn't totally in the closet but he was certainly wasn't out sure and there was an actor that was fairly large and rick you watched the documentary you may know but because the manager so believed in rock he threw out this other guy like a baby out with the bath water well there's a little story there and i think i know who you're talking about tab hunter yes yeah. So the story with Tab Hunter is, yeah, Tab was up and coming, uh, but Rock also uh, was, he he lived his life very much in the closet, but he was very much very active. He wasn't one of those that, oh, I'm in the closet. I can't go out. I can't hook up. The, the guy was hooking up left and right with any fucking thing that moved, basically. And uh, My hero. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think uh, he was actually there's a secretly recorded phone call in the documentary they talk about where uh, it reveals Hudson Rock Hudson saying something about he was excited by the prospect of meeting this very tall, very well endowed stranger later on that night. Are so, we all? Uh, well, I mean, I was like, well, hello. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Re- I mean, who would be? Girl, this is relatable content. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a uh, there's a guy. Uh, I'll get back to the tab story in, uh, in just a second. I just don't want to miss this part. So the guy who's telling the story, his name is Joe Carberry, who is a friend of Rock's who I guess they tried to hook up ever whatever, but he says he tells the story in the documentary. And I laughed, literally laughed out loud when I heard it. He was like, Rock had the most, uh, the hugest dick. And he tried to put that thing up my ass. And I said, there's no way that's doing that. And I couldn't do it from there. And wow. I was like, I was like, well, girl, okay. Thanks okay. for sharing. Thanks for sharing. I appreciate that. I do want to circle back and just say that Tab Hunter was gorgeous. He was, and he was up and coming, like Dan said. And so here, here's the way they break it down in the documentary. So I, I'm just telling you what I what I learned in the doc. Rock had gotten into a situation where he he was about to be outed by one of the like one of the tell-all magazines at the time. And so I think it was Henry Wilson who was the head of talent for Selznick Studios. Uh, who, sorry, sorry. Henry Wilson was his manager. I just yes. looked it up. I was wrong about Roy Cohen. Sorry. Roy Cohen's the mobster, right? Could be. Or, McDonald's. <laughs> who, the, mobster, the mobster who made chicken for McDonald's. That's right. That's the one right there, honey. Right there, right there. <laughs> All right. So Henry Wilson actually decided he was trying to save Rock's reputation. So he made a trade and they ended up throwing Tab Hunter under the bus in order to save Rock Hudson. And that's what happened to Tab Hunter's career. They they uh, they gave them Tab and they saved Rock. And when you say they gave them, what do you mean? They gave who? The tell all magazine. So he got outed Uh in the press. Yeah, he mostly got hinted at being out. Well, he had gotten arrested for lewd behavior somewhere, and they gave them that something that they could rock did, rock uh, did, or no, 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 no. tab. And they gave them something legitimate that they could run on to get them out. The agreement at that time was you leave rock alone here, I'm going to give you this information on tab, go confirm it and run with it. And that's a hopper, honey. (laughs) Yeah, well, and so had a hopper and the other one too. It was a Hedda though, but you know, Luella Parsons, <laughs> Luella and Hedda both knew that Rock was gay. I mean, so Luella was... in the documentary swears up and down. Now, I don't believe her, but I think she's protecting him. But she swears up and down she never knew anything uh, to the uh, like that whatsoever. You know, they whoever had the most money had either Luella or Hedda's 
bylines because you know that's how they made their lip well exactly yeah i think we did a little episode on that a couple seasons back uh, about the two of them two things i want to touch on real quick and then i'll let you guys do your thing uh number <laughs> one number one uh, obviously we all know that it was in 1985 he it came out that he had been diagnosed with aids and hiv before he was diagnosed, before it was publicly announced that he was diagnosed with HIV, he was in Paris and he was uh, seeing a doctor in Paris. He was very good friends with Nancy Reagan and they couldn't get him out of Paris without some kind of help because the press was everywhere. What's going on with Rock Hudson? Why is he so sick? Does he have cancer? What What is the deal? Mm-hmm. And so he was very good friends with Nancy Reagan. He called Nancy to ask that. They called Nancy to help him get out of Paris. And she said no. Are you shocked by that? I mean, come on. They were really good friends. I don't politics aside and all that bullshit. He was your fucking friend. You can't. And so I she just realized he was gay and had AIDS. And that was mm-hmm. the end of that. And huh? that was the end of that. <laughs> and then real quickly, I want to talk about the Linda Evans moment, because this actually made me start crying when I was in the documentary. You can cry still? It happened. It came out of nowhere. I don't know what it was to this moment, to this day. I still, I don't know how it happened, but it happened. All right. It's a little pebble of sand, actually. (laughs) Thank you, Jake. Thank you. Sand through the hourglass. (laughs) (laughs) Damn right. But they they actually, in the interview, they did a, they did, she didn't actually sit down for an interview. It sounds like she did just an audio uh, sort of commentary uh, or an audio interview. But they were talking about the famous kiss, right, from the Dynasty episodes that where Rock Hudson kissed her before he came out. And that was the big thing. That's what I remember, actually, from from all of it was that, you know, did he because at that time, no one really knew anything about AIDS or HIV. And they're like, did he did he put her at risk? And there was all of this, you know, the tabloids went fucking crazy with it. And I love that they thought that he was slipping her tongue during mm-hmm. this. <laughs> well, she's what... she's, t- she's telling the story. She's like, we did that take seven or eight times. And every single time he co- he kissed me with his mouth closed and not very hard. He didn't apply a lot of pressure and he was very uncomfortable. And I could feel his body pull away from me. And she's like, I didn't understand what was happening, but she's like, I've known Rock for, because they did, what's the TV show that he was in? Um, McMillan and wife. McMillan and wife. Yeah. So they did, They she's known him for a very long time. She was in, an episode of that and she's like it it just felt weird and she's like then when i found out why she's like i just i was heartbroken for him and she's like then everyone kept asking me well how do you feel about that and and are you mad at him for doing that and she's like i cried because he didn't feel he could tell me what was happening and i didn't know like i just hurt i ached for him and i swear to god i was like okay i love crystal i've like you know crystal's my favorite now fuck alexis crystal crystal all the way today this week (laughs) this week (laughs) no i just i thought it was a beautiful moment actually maybe tear up a little bit so anyway um that's a little bit about my person for queer representation what y'all got well i think i'm going to piggyback on your arrest for lewd conduct and go, with <laughs> and go with George Michael. Yeah. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like and a Beverly not, Hills bathroom, baby. And not just because there's also a documentary available right now about Wham. <laughs> but that was very informative. Um, I grew up in the period of the 80s where George Michael, when I was very young, it was Wham, but it was more the Faith album. It was him starting his mm-hmm. solo career. It was I Want Your Sex. That was, that was the George Michael that like I really grew up with in my formative years. Um, 
which according to this documentary, he had come out to everybody who was around him much earlier than that, but still not to the press. So, you know, I want your sex, very hetero cisgender video vibes. Right. But what I love about George Michael is that's not how he wrote any of his songs ever. Like all of the songs, like if you read how, if you look at the lyrics or if you really read in the lyrics, yep. that's not how he wrote them. Um, he was always very true in the way that he spoke. I also love that, you know, he was not afraid of the short, short. <laughs> Praise the Lord, honey. And he had some pretty legs. <laughs> and tan. Well, a, as evidenced when he was arrested for lewd conduct in uh, Beverly Hills. But here's and the thing about that. Know, girl? Were you in the, that bathroom with him? Here no was comment. the thing about that. That is something that could have ruined a career. Like Tab Hunter, where it gets out in the news and it's yeah, just like, yeah. now you're box office poison but george michael took that instant and then he goes and he writes a song for his next album called outside mm -hmm. and parodies the entire thing in his video while he's dressed as a cop <laughs> and it becomes a huge gay anthem and i love that i love that resilience i love that i'm gonna throw it in your face i love that he never really got he got to a point where he could be who he was and he said i am now unapologetically who i am but if, was, you look, if you look at it, I've always been this person. Well, I was about to say that. If I if memory serves, he never apologized for it. No. And no. not once. And he, and didn't, he didn't specifically come out. He did one of those if this happened type things where, you know, and I agree he wasn't ashamed. He said, this is what happened. And so let's make a video of it. And it was highly successful. He was, a, he was a very complex man, and I, I can't imagine you couldn't be. I mean, he was in one of the biggest duo groups, uh, you know, in the 80s. He and uh, Andrew Ridgely, uh, they yeah. sold millions. Yeah. Then he goes out on his own, and the pressure must be intense when you can't get a moment of peace. And during that time, as well as, sadly, I think some now, but not as bad, the speculation always, is he gay? Is he straight? Are you married? Are you dating anybody? And it was relentless. Of and course. I can't imagine how you really can get any peace in life because every publicist, every manager must have said, if you come out, you'll never sell another fucking song. Well, they all say that. I mean, of course, they, they still say that now, sadly. Mm -hmm. But here's what's crazy to me about the early 80s, like crazy mind blowing to me about the early 80s. They asked the same questions to boy George, full <laughs> grip of makeup, like a dress on. And they're like, so what kind of women do you like? I mean, like, what are you <laughs> talking about? Because <laughs> I think they, I think the press kept saying, oh, they'll trip up and say something. Really? You've been in the closet with the door. You've been nailing the door shut. I, I don't you know. I tripped them up. I think it was their people were like, you can't come out. You can't say it. I, know, I mean, sure. you can dress as a woman, but you can't say it. So no, I mean, Boy George's be... answer was standard. He would always say, I'm not that interested in sex. I would rather curl up with a good cup of tea. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> but you know, even, even someone Just, like David. We know Bowie. now to not be true. Right. <laughs> <laughs> even someone like David Bowie, who was out as being bisexual. Yes. You know, you could do those things. I mean, hell, 
Elton John didn't come out until he was 90. I mean, come on, let's be for real here. Well, because if you're European, you, you get away with that a little more. That's than funny you that. say that. And I also think like the 70s, for some crazy reason, was so much more accepting. Well, you know, all the all the drugs in Studio 54, honey. <laughs> well, I, I also <laughs> good cocaine. <laughs> right? That's right. <laughs> I also think, though, that it was right after the 60s and hippie love and stuff that's like that. True. I think it was a lot more palatable. But as Rick was talking about uh, Mrs. Reagan and Mr. Reagan, they did not usher in a friendly time mm-hmm. period. They ushered in, go back in the closet. And, and across then, the pond was Margaret Thatcher saying the same damn shit. Same <laughs> damn shit. And then Gorbachev. And, the, you know, the world was the world. Every time it becomes crazy conservative, it just goes back to dumb shit. Don't be who you are. Be who we want you to be. Oh. Kind of like today. Here we well, go again. Yeah, here we <laughs> so as the never ending. are coming back now, which is <laughs> well, <I'm right. laughs> well, honey, if I can get my flock of seagulls hair back from the eighties, I'd be very happy. It's your time, honey. No, it's my time. No, I'm gonna. No, I'm gonna be. A, I'm gonna go all Nancy Reagan. On you know that what? Shit. That goes if, in the goddamn clock. No. <laughs> well, if I could lady. get back my waistline, I would like that as well. So you know, one of oh, the you and me both, honey. Jake, do you have something you want to talk about? No, I I was torn between like talking about someone that just, uh, you know, is out as bisexual or someone that, you know, is more like an advocate. So, of course, I I can't help but think of someone that was an icon growing up as well. And I've talked about her before and everyone knows. And it's Lady Gaga, of course. Um, She's openly bi and she's super huge representation on LGBT. You know, she's always been supportive, like since absolute beginning so she's given us gay anthems i mean she's given us anth i know right padam may have thrown her off the map temporarily <laughs> but <laughs> i wouldn't well, say thrown that. off the map no. i would just say it, it's gotten it's gonna like it's, it's, it's a little kylie a little lady <laughs> gaga, right <laughs> and you know i mean look, kylie was here first though right before gaga oh yeah kylie yeah kylie is, was here first so yeah <laughs> that's right uh-huh. She's she'll never be gone either. She's timeless. She's immortal. But so, yeah. Gaga showed up with "Born This Way," and that yeah. if there is uh, there, if there's ever a gay anthem, that is it, one thousand percent. And I remember, like it was, she was on another, she was on another record label, and it was like it was different. I remember a lot of people didn't really, it didn't hit as much, especially after the Fame Monster and Alejandro and all of that, you know, all of those that entire album so i just remember but it was so it was so like iconic for me i had just come out and why well, it came out yeah i had just come out and i was it was just huge <laughs> yeah i, I think that i sorry. i think that's what happens like time. yeah when you, there's that pop moment when you yeah. are accepting who you are that you that just becomes part of your personality it comes yeah. to who you mm-hmm. are and it's so part much of your story I think it's a lot, it's a different now. And there's, I mean, in looking up all the representation, oh shit, in my computer, looking up all the representation, there's, it's so much different now. It's like, girl, she's knocking shit over. She's so excited. She's knocking shit over. It's like, fuck it, fuck it. You know, there's pop stars that are already out in there and and also TV stars as well. Um, They're already out. And that's so wonderful now. It's not a question of whether or not. Film and TV people we have right now today that are out and proud yeah is amazing and i think about how 
fortunate people are today to grow up with this because we didn't have this coming up and it's just it's it's a beautiful beautiful fucking thing to see it really is great I do think like that moment, that moment when you come out and it co- and it coincides with what's happening in popular culture. I mean, for Dan, it was like the flight of the Wright brothers. <laughs> the wind was right, honey. That's all that mattered. We got this, a good breeze. That was, the, it was, that was the second two. coming out. The first one was the first one was the first time the sun came up ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was the mummification of Tutankhamen. common. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of tootin' com, but we don't want to talk about it. No, 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 no. Well, should we? Should we get a drink? I mean, Are we done with this? I think so, yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like I might need a little cocktail. I mean, yeah. we're not going to drink together anymore because your front porch is still burned down. Uh, well, you know, we're, we're, we're working on it. We're working oh, on honey. it. It's taking okay. a minute. Uh-huh. To clear off the ash. A little <laughs> DIY, honey. <laughs> and we and all sorry, know how that goes. And I'm sorry, but you are not invited to the backboards. <laughs> I don't want to get that, dirty. That is, <laughs> that is on a whole other platform. Exactly. It isn't it, though? And I don't want to know about it because yeah. I'm innocent. I don't want an invitation. Either. I mean, there's uh, there is a membership charge. That you nope, could, you nope. Know, you gotta okay. pay. I can't <laughs> afford the price. It's okay. <laughs> if you have to ask, you can't afford it. <laughs> I can't. I'm big It's a wrong sticker. See. <laughs> well, in that case, we'll see y'all next week. Thank yeah, you for we tuning in. Love y'all. Bye, everybody. See you soon. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Queer Magnolias podcast. We all love you and the amazing support and feedback you have given us thus far. So much. We need more. Uh, Well, we would love to hear more brilliant brainstorms from you magnificent Magnolias. So we highly encourage you to be included and find slash follow us at Queer Magnolias on Twitter and at Queer Magnolias podcast on Instagram and Facebook, if you haven't already. We would love to hear your comments and feedback, good or bad. Uh, wait, what? Wait, no, uh, no, no. Nobody wants their bad comments. Fuck yeah. that. Fuck off. And you can listen to us on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcast, wherever the hell you're listening to us right now, or wherever you might find your podcast. All right. Until next time, Blossoms. <laughs>